Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Let me throw down some introductions. We got Brandon Hassler in the house, founder and CEO of Market Campus. What's up, Jacob? What's up, Brandon? Oh man, I am I still can't get over that BYU Utah game two days ago. I mean, how about that outcome? <laughs> what a game. Boy, they yeah. played hard. What uh, a game. Yeah, crazy things happen there. Uh, Paxton Gray, Director of Marketing Operations at 97th Floor. Are you going to salute me or something? You have to respond first. Uh, it's good to be back. Welcome back, Paxton. It wasn't the same without you, no matter what all those emailers said. Just tell me to get off the show. Survived the hurricane. Survived the hurricane. What was the hurricane's name? Her, her Hermione? Mine? No. <laughs> I don't remember. Hermine? Starts with an H? Yeah. Well, uh, happy you're back. Seriously. Uh, and I'm Jacob Perry, Digital Marketing Manager at Vivint Smart Home. How's your week, man? My week's good. I bought a new car this week. What'd you get? I Tesla. Got a, I got a minivan. Oh, boy. Oh, man. And I got a, a Honda Odyssey. You move to Utah County and then buy a minivan. The, I, I, I have to, I don't know. It's like you've got to go into the belly of the beast to, to beat them from within. When in Rome. <laughs> yeah. Minivan, man. Yep. You guys only have two kids. It wasn't my first. Well, we also have a dog, though, and the dog is already getting big. He's too big for our cars, so uh, we got the van mm. for that. But our family will be growing in the future, and we'll have that car for a long time. Cool. So that's the biggest news. And I also discovered the jalapeno cheddar worst. You guys ever had that? No. On Labor Day, I made some jalapeno cheddar wursts. Bratwurst with cheddar and jalapeno? Yeah, pretty much. Is it on the inside or on the it's outside? on the inside. Wow. Yep. It's like injected right in there. So <clears throat> basically when you said you made them, you, you grilled them. Uh, yeah, I grilled you them. Grilled them up. Yeah. Sounds like a recipe for heartburn. Sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> anyway, how's your... Weekends. Weekends? I'm talking to both of you at the same time. Are like, we speaking in past tense? Oh, yeah. So are we pretending that the BYU <laughs> and Utah game actually has already happened? <laughs> well, I don't know, based off your question. Yeah, sorry. I'm wondering if you're keeping that going. There's some confusion here because I said this week I bought a car, but by the time people listen, it will actually be a week ago today. Monday. Monday. Labor Day. <laughs> so is today Monday or is today Thursday? I also ordered the new iPhone already. You did? Yep. How did you order it already? Well, it's because it's next week. Are we, are we <laughs> oh, in the yes. future? So Paxton, oh, so you haven't, actually. Paxton no. got online goes, at 12.01 a.m., waited for two hours until the website yeah, was it's actually, not on a crashed uh, page. It's actually 1 o'clock tonight, 1, 1 a.m. Okay, so oh, that's right. let me give California. you, because I've done that. Yeah. Here's the tip. Oh, I know the tip. Are you the one who told me the tip? That you do it on the App Store app. That's it. So not only that tip of the day. I don't know if I don't know if they did this last year. I don't think they did. But you can say, are like when you order online, you can say uh, whether or not you're upgrading your current phone, and if you're on the iPhone upgrade program. And uh, when you do it online, you have to type in your IMEI number and your serial number. But when you do it in the app, it just says this phone, and it will automatically enter that information. And makes sense. Yeah. Slick. So tip of the day, last year when I bought the Apple Watch, I was trying, I was, I was up at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. and I was trying to connect to their website 
and it took forever. Like I was up for, I don't know how long, 30 minutes before I could actually get on there. And within the first 30 minutes, enough orders had happened that I was in the second wave of deliveries. So I had to wait a lot wow. longer than normal, even though I was trying to connect. I don't think it was you, but somebody told me to use the Apple store app mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about connectivity at all. Yeah. So those were the people who ended up getting the first wave of uh, of Apple watches. So yeah. that's your tip. Uh, although it'll be too late by the time you listen to this. Yeah. So that's so a tip for sorry the, about that. the new one. Use next it for year. the iPhone 7S. No, it's going to be eight, man. I bet. You think they're getting rid of the S? This one should have been called the iPhone 6SS because I don't think it was enough to call it a new number. It just felt like a 6S upgrade. I feel like you say that every year. They they well, added Force Touch, man. No, they didn't. That was a 6S. That was already on 6S. It was basically, it was basically Well, yeah, just everyone faster. knows that it was a, a success. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That was a dad, <laughs> a dad joke if I've ever heard one. Dad joke of the year. We got Mitt Romney on the show here. Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, so are so, you guys getting the seven? So yeah. Paxton ordered it already. Yeah, I'm getting it tonight. I'm gonna wait up Jacob, till one. Jacob, you upgrading? Uh I was just talking to Paxton about this before we started recording. I can't remember if I got my phone a year ago or two years ago. I want to say it was a year ago, and if that's the case, then I'm waiting another year. So you have the six S or six? Six. I have the six. He bought the six when the six S came out. Yeah, I think that's which wait, is that right? Because I do, I don't normally do that. I normally get the newest one. Maybe it is coming up on two years. And you have How can six? I check that? Just go on, on their uh, app and check for upgrade, whether or not you can upgrade. You're eligible. Like right now? Yeah. Do it right now, man. Why wouldn't I be eligible? Because even older models are eligible for updates. You, would, you wouldn't be eligible if you're within a contract that you have not paid off the phone. Like, it will check with Verizon Wait, or wh- whoever. Wh- where, am I, where am I searching for an update? The App Store app. Are you, so you leased your phone directly through Apple? Not through your carrier? Yeah, I got mine through Apple. Where are you going? Through Look, what app? That, <laughs> this is what we were just talking about. This is the App Store app right in there. All right, let me pull this up. Keep talking, you guys. All right, what are we talking about this week, Brandon? Well, first, I got a little surprise for Jacob. I've been teasing him all day. Wait, let's, uh, put, that day. On, let's put that on hold he while Jacob... He said that like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, let's put that on hold <laughs> while Jacob looks up his, his phone stuff. All right. Yeah, talk what about else something we got? else. What else we got? Well, this was a good filler. Because it's not that great, but I don't want to jump into a big, deep discussion. Okay, okay Brandon Just has a surprise. surprise. <laughs> Jacob has a quiz for us. That's and, right. Uh, is let that me, the VO stuff? Let me play yeah. a little clip from la- from two weeks ago uh, on our show here. To, Wait, who are you quoting? I'm, He's quoting you. You're quoting I'm yourself sure. here. One second. I'm here. quoting myself. It sounds like you're quoting me. In the 50s. So I, I, I have a picture of my old house. As it sat in the 1950s. And then I checked every house on my street. And they had a similar... It was like the guy just walked down the street and just took a picture, right? Mm. And so I was thinking it would be cool if someone put together a Google Maps, like street view, of what this street looked like in the 50s. So what if I told you that an article (laughs) came up, like last week, was someone trying to accomplish the same thing? You'd say, tell me I'd more, I'd say, right? yeah, I'm the one who wrote that article. Um, so was, I only even clicked on this just because of our podcast, but this was an article on VentureBeat. These coders, the title of the article, these coders use 13,000 old photos to make a Google Street View map 
of San Francisco in the 1800s. Dang, that is awesome. The title is cooler than the actual project. So I was picturing like actual street view. No, they can't do that with with little pictures. Yeah, well, you could, man. No. Yeah, if you were able to take the image and just adjust it to fit within a certain like 3D space. No, I get that, but the problem the problem uh comes from the gaps in the images between buildings. Yeah. And so there would just be gaps in the street. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the lame part. That's super cool to see, though. It would be cool to see the gaps in between the buildings? No, it'd be cool <laughs> to see the whole thing, no, even yeah, with I get the that. gaps. No, it would be cool. It would be cool. All right, but go yeah, ahead, it's, Brandon. Yeah, it's, it's your map. What is this? It's what, what's that URL? It's called uh, oldsf.org. Yes, that is the project name. But So it's just a Google map, but it has all these black dots, and then you can click on. So some areas are more... Oh, so it doesn't others. actually like go into it. So it like doesn't. Street view? So yeah, it doesn't go into Street View, but I could see like it'd be I mean, cool if you cool, could just pull up your neighborhood or whatnot and it's then also easily access. But it's progress. That's deceitful, actually, because it's not Street View. Yeah, I don't know why they even said Street View, but but that's cool. No, that's really cool. Still better than nothing. Up. This is San Francisco, so I don't really care. But they had this rolled out nationally. That would be awesome. So there's your surprise. <laughs> I'm surprised. Don't get your hopes up, but there it is. Don't get my hopes up. Uh, I wonder how hard it would be to create kind of that that three-dimensional. What would really be cool is if you did like a VR version where you put on a, you put on a VR mask and you're walking down your street and you can look around yeah. and see the, the buildings. Have you guys tried VR yet? I've tried Oculus, one of the original versions. Have, have you? I've done VR with, like, the Google headsets. Okay, but no. Wait, wait, wait. Like, cardboard? Yeah, cardboard. Not, like, any of the, like, yeah. Oculus headsets. Okay. What's the... Do you guys know the name of, the, like, the highest end one? I, ne- I never remember mm, the name. Is it an Oculus? I don't think so. It's it's one that has, like, two controllers that you're holding in your hand. They're, like, they have triggers. Mm, I don't know that. It doesn't ring a bell. Anyway, I tried it a couple weeks ago. Amazing. So amazing. It's going to be the undoing of humanity because no one will want to do anything else. You put on the goggles, it blocks out all light. All you see is this big, huge screen. You can't see the edges. And then you put on those headphones. You can't hear anything else. Then you grab your two weapons, and it's, like, amazing. Well, they already have, like, warehouses dedicated to VR So it's games. called The Void. Yeah. Yeah. There's something here in Provo, isn't there? The Void. I oh, think it's in Void. Salt Lake. It's in Linden, I think. Is it? Linden? Outside of Orem. Have you been there? No, I was supposed Obviously, to get on the list, said, but... What do you mean the list? Because like, a list? Yeah, it's it's a list. You have to like reserve your spot to get in there, but I let a guy do some promo for the event, and then he told me he'd hook me up and get me moved up on the list, but that has not happened. Okay, hmm. I'm on the app. What am I looking for here? Look, Just click on the new iPhone. Okay, like models and pricing. Can I see what you're clicking on? Yeah, just click on models and pricing. Pick your model. The model that I want? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter right now because you can't order it. Okay. Okay, let me see. Okay, so just say replace this phone on my AT&T account. Okay, and then I choose a finish. Yep. That jet black looks good. It's going to scratch, though. I hate the jet black. Yeah, so pick whatever one you want. Wow, 128 is the lowest now? No, that's just for the jet black. Oh, let me go back because I don't get that big. It's 64, 128, 256. 
32. There's it's no 30. Lowest. No. Because it used to be 16. There's so there's four right options. There. There's four options then? 32 oh, is the lowest no, now? Si- there's no 64 then, I guess. There's no 16. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they got rid of 16. Oh. How would you like to pay? Have I gotten far enough to where you can tell me whether or not I'm eligible? <laughs> Let me see. I don't know, dude. Just keep going. It's pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. Yeah. It's where a, are we at? It's because you're not enrolled. I'm not enrolled? Uh, yeah. So because I'm already enrolled, it's a lot easier. But it looks like, I don't know. It looks like, I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. I'll look into it. There. What I really need to know is when I bought my phone, is there a way to for me to like throw in my serial number and something and and see how yeah. long ago I bought it? Yeah, you can check it some other way. All right, I'll I'll figure okay, that out. Okay, let's do some uh, digital marketing stuff. Yeah. We already have, man. We just talked about Google Street View. I know for I want San uh, Fran. to hear your quiz though. Your quiz oh, my us. quiz. So my quiz has to do with voiceovers. There was an article published on inbound.org. Uh, today and uh, let me give you the actual title here so the title was which type of voice actor should you use for your explainer video original research and then you go into the article and it, it basically breaks down let me let me break down this experiment that they did they took one video and they hired a professional voiceover actor a woman and a man who were professional the top rated voiceover actors on fiverr and then they took a male and a female, uh, non-professional, just someone who worked at that company, and had them read the exact same script. And they wanted to know whether you would have better performance. They actually measured it based on like, let me read this. Maybe I can get this exactly here. Um, so here's the background. The argument for hiring a professional voice actor is that they are experts at setting the tone for the video, inform viewers of what's important and why they're watching, and generally spark interest in the video content. But most of these arguments come from companies who sell voiceovers. There's not much objective information out there. On the other hand, letting Alex and Susie, who are the two non-professional employees of Conversion XL, do the voiceover is cheap and fast and perhaps just as effective. Uh, but that's the question, right? As we stated as we started crafting our own explainer video, we questioned how compelling paid voiceovers really are. Okay. So what they did was they, um, they asked specific questions to surveys. They recruited 202 participants from the United States using an online panel provider. Participants completed a survey based on the conversion Excel promotional video with one of four possible voiceovers, voiceover one professional female voiceover, uh, voice two, amateur, I already explained this. And uh, they split it up 50, 50, 51, and 51, right? Adding up to 202. Um, the questions asked after watching the video, how trustworthy would you rate this video? How would you rate the visual appeal of the video? Uh, and then a preference question uh, in which they selected which voice they preferred. And they were given a 10-second clip of each of the four voices and asked, which one do you prefer? So the question, the quiz, which of the four options, two female, two male, two professionals, two non-professionals, which voice had the was uh, considered the most trustworthy, which one was considered the most untrustworthy, which one uh, was rated the least attractive, 
All right, um, let's just. You want to go one at a time? Let's, yeah, let's go one at a time. Okay. So, people trusted which of the four voices most? Unpaid, or I guess what? Not, unprofessional. Unprofessional female. Trust, most trustworthy. Uh, I'm going to go with the professional female. Okay. Professional female is the most trustworthy. However, only by like a tiny little thread. They, mm. it, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't even matter. Like you could do either the professional or the unprofessional and it'd probably be okay. Female. Definitely. Female. Female by far. Uh, and then the professional, uh, excuse me, the voiceover that was rated least attractive. Least attractive has got, I mean, it's got to be unprofessional male. Yeah, Brandon? That's, that's where I'm leaning. Professional male. Hmm. So mm. it may have helped if if we had piped in, like actually put in the audio, and maybe we can. Do, do they that. have that? Yeah, I've got the audio here. My thought, my original thought, would be professional male, but only if it sounds like he's like trying too hard, and then it's like, uh, yeah, it's so super cheesy sounding. I know, I know, we agreed that you guys wouldn't read the article or the comments on inbound, and that was one of the th- that was kind of where the discussion was going. Was one guy was like, you know, this te- this is really fun that you did this, but there are still some gaps, like the audio quality is a big thing even between the two professionals you mm. could tell that the female professional had way better audio equipment than the male professional um anyway you well, guys want to uh, hear yeah let's hear pipe it in in fact maybe do you want to cut it in or do you just want to move your mic down i'll do both and have that be like the placeholder but i can i can put okay, it in later that. so here is the uh um male amateur that's what we'll call him not unprofessional the male amateur let me get it back because uh, some of these are have already been played. Let's see here. Okay. Male amateur. His name is Alex. Conversion XL Institute is an online research and training product for optimizers and data-driven marketers. Okay. So that's the eight-second clip. I don't like it. You don't like it, right? That's the amateur, right? Yeah. He so sounds some, depressed. He sounds kind of like monotone and he's yeah. not really setting the I mood. I picture him being like the co-founder and he got assigned to <laughs> do the video. And so he's just like sitting there doing a screencast. Yeah, yeah. So here's the male professional. Uh, some, well, I'll, I'll get your comments and then I'll tell you kind of what the consensus was. This is the male professional. Conversion XL Institute is an online research and training product for optimizers and data-driven marketers. Ugh. Ugh. You don't like that? I hate that. So what are your thoughts? He's like way too eager. Way, way too eager. I like it better than the amateur, but it's also one of those things where I feel like I've become so like there's so much saturation with these explainer videos and they all start to feel the same. So I just immediately think like, okay, and maybe marketing's ruined it for me because I've seen like what goes into making these. They're not as cool after you're in marketing for a while. You're right. Uh, I should have started with these clips before I quizzed you. (laughs) I'll, I'll think of that next time. Uh, here is the female amateur. Her name is Susie, and she works for Conversion XL. Conversion XL Institute is an online research and training product for optimizers and data-driven marketers. Amateur. So that's not the professional. You can kind of hear the audio quality isn't Yeah, the great, audio quality wasn't awesome. But she definitely does a better job than her male counterpart. And then the female professional... Conversion XL Institute is an online research and training product for optimizers and data-driven marketers. Oh, that's good. That was my favorite one. Yeah, that was yeah. So one. she's the one who also won the trustworthiness uh, yeah. comparison. Okay. So what are the other the other uh, categories? 
Um, so there was the least attractive, which was the male professional, which I think was the consensus on inbound as well. They seem he seemed to come off as the most insincere, uh, which makes he, sense, right? He also, He's, I mean, maybe this is wrong to say, but he seems kind of like uh, feminine. And I think the results would be different if he wasn't so feminine. Interesting, interesting. Actually, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because my comment, I went back to the inbound um, article and I left a comment and here's what I said. I said, were the females the favorite because they were women or was it because of the femininity femininity in their voice, soothing, calming, etc.? What would happen if we pitted them against a man who was very feminine sounding? Hmm. Uh, Or the opposite. What if you added a woman with a very masculine voice? Uh, but still obvious that it was a woman, uh, would that still be perceived as trustworthy? Hmm. So uh, anyway, there were a lot of like weird questions that came out of that. They did admit that this was more of a fun yeah. uh, to show marketers that there are easy, quick ways to get actionable information, uh, even though it may not be 100% accurate, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, you asked what other categories or whatever. Uh, people generally preferred the, the professional female voiceover. However, they preferred voices differently depending on which voice they originally heard. Meaning, they're going through the the participants go through all four, and depending on which one they hear first, influences uh, how they rate the yeah. uh, the other the that other ones. Which I almost feel like if you have like a, a logarithmic scale that you're using, you could probably only show each participant one and if you have enough participants you would get this the same data right you wouldn't ha- you wouldn't have that bias anyway yeah. uh and then the last thing they did was they asked for qualitative insights so they they left a little like uh, comment box at the bottom that allowed uh the participants to, to an open-ended what do you think and then they just gave like eight different um examples of what they they wrote. Anyway, very cool. So takeaways, if you're doing voiceover work for your explainer video, uh, you may want to do more extensive research, but if you want to just go off of this, then it's better to use a female and it doesn't matter if they're professional or not. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of been something that has been known for a while, especially with answering services, uh, recorded messages, pretty much anytime there's just, a voice it's it's almost always better to have a be female i wonder if that's the case for radio because the most famous mm. radio people are are male yeah i don't know man maybe there are cases where trustworthiness and things like that don't matter i don't know yeah i don't either uh maybe it's that Females are are listening to the radio for music, whereas men are listening to talk radio more often. I think we need to get a woman on this show. I was thinking that after I read this, I was thinking, you know, maybe we should get a a woman to join the ranks. Yeah. I mean, the two most common talk radio, at least my assumption, is sports and politics. Uh, I don't really even know of any other. I'm sure there's shows out there as far as like the big ones. What are you trying to say, Brandon? Also, saying, the well, most sports... popular podcasts typically are women. Yeah. But with those categories, I see sports. I mean, just makes sense. Obviously, the fan base is primarily male, and you're just going to have more men going after those jobs. And politics, I almost I see women as more of a trustworthy voice, but I see men as a more authoritative voice. 
And I can see that doing well in politics to where you say something and people are like, oh, yeah, it must be true. Um, versus the woman, sure, they may have get, got their trust, but did it sound authoritative compared to a male saying it? That's my uh, knee-jerk reaction slash assumption. Hmm. No data. Well, we might have a woman president, so are people more looking for trustworthiness, which is not a word I would associate with Hillary Clinton, <laughs> uh, or authoritativeness? <clears throat> I guess we'll find out in November. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Uh, speaking of audio clips, this is loosely related to that. There is, uh, what people are calling an evil SEO quiz. Has anybody heard of this? I have not. No, it sounds like a black hat type quiz. So if you want to go follow along, open up your browsers and go to oap.ninja, oap.ninja. The title tag is so you think you're an SEO ninja, eh? Wait, what is it? Yeah, I got OPA. O A P. Oh. Dot oh, yeah, ninja. I got you. Did you type it in wrong too? No, I was looking I didn't I wasn't looking at the title tag. I was looking at the H1. Yep, so the H1 says OAP Ninja V3 and then it says uh, it's been a while after our, after a lot of interest in the first and second version of the site back in 2014 it now lives again. You're going to need a little patience and time to get through this one, and there may uh, and there are now some audio hints along the way. Maybe they are hints, maybe they are useless. That's for you to figure out. Ready to put your technical skills to the test once again and enter the Hall of Fame? Ready? And then he has an audio clip, which I'm going to play here. Heads in SEO. Let's start that. But there are many big heads in SEO, but who has the biggest so that's the first, that's the first. <laughs> I want that hint. voiceover job. Yeah. So that's the first hint. And but you're not really told what you're supposed biggest. to do. Right. So obviously. Have you done this already? No, actually I haven't taken the time to try to figure this one out yet. I've tried the older version, not this one. So the question is who has the biggest head? No, there is no question. Oh, wait, what did he say? Well, okay. Let's play I, I didn't know that I was listening to a hint. Yeah, it's a hint. Here we go. There are many big heads in SEO, but who has the biggest? So that is a question. I guess, yeah. You're right. <laughs> but I, I, it's not like you answer the question and then you win. That's like just I don't, one I don't clue. say the answer out loud and the, my computer is listening and it moves me on. That's like, just one clue, and then there are many others. You just have to figure out, oh, okay, now what the crap do I, am I supposed to do? So, you know. Head, are we supposed to do that right now? Well, if we want, you can, but it's going to take a while. I know who has the biggest head in SEO. Who? His name is Neil Patel. <laughs> I know you were going to say him. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I have to find Neil Patel. So, yeah, is he in here up. somewhere? So it could be Oh, wait, so head. I need to figure this out like in real life? Yeah, it could be the head tag that we're talking about, and there's some clue inside the, the header. Have you um, already looked at that? Uh, yeah. And? So. Uh, well, that's everything. Yeah, within, <laughs> the entire thing is the head. Yeah, and then there's uh, actually it's not that's not true. It's just the uh, Google Analytics script. Uh, there's CSS in there. Um, also, big head. Could oh, it be, says right there. Yeah, source where? big head MP3. That's what they're naming the. Yeah, that's the, the name of file. the audio file. Big head. That's not the answer <laughs> though. <laughs> it's this um, audio recording. Big head also is there's big head and. Um, or fat head and long tail. 
depends on how you say it. So there's lots of different things that this could be. Um, kind of interesting, huh? It is interesting. So what's the takeaway Do you know here? the next thing? Yes or no? No, I do not. Like I'm I said, wondering I if it like I is, haven't done this at all. Does it? Are we supposed to go to another site and there's clues there? Maybe. I so don't you know. don't know. What do you mean you don't, I don't know? Like I haven't how can done you bring it. this up without like having. <laughs> I'm anything? just introducing it. What is the point? What's at the end of the I thing? Don't, I don't know. I'm assuming there's a hall of fame that you can put your name in if you get there. Um, this is like underground hacker stuff. Man. I know it's pretty cool. Yeah, one it's thing, pretty cool. One thing we have no you, idea what's going on. I was trying to figure out. There's something that uh, a Chrome extension that allows you to live edit a CSS file, right? Well, you can just use inspect, inspect element. Because, but can you edit the CSS file of a site with inspect element? Yeah, I do it all the time. Because that's one of his favorite pastimes. Yep. Can you change this? Did it today? From visibility actually. right now it's hidden. Can you change it to unhide? Like display yeah. none. Ah. Uh, I want to see what pops up when you change that to interesting away from hidden. What? If you what's view the, hidden? So if you view the source code in there. of the page, there's the link to their CSS file. It's slash ninja.css. So you open that up. Where is that? And the source oh, code. Oh, I see it. It's the very first link. So you change it that. It says from, visibility hidden. Yeah. Are you editing that now? Brandon? Uh, I'm trying to find. Well, it's a dot bob class. Yeah. So I need to find. You need to find the dot bob class. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if there's a search function in here. In the search inspect all element? Files dot bob. Nope. But yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. You think that's what it is? I just, I just take more time than the show allows to yeah, find this. Yeah, I mean, this. people are taking hours and hours and hours doing this, so it's not something we're going to be able to figure out now. Why can't we Google the answer? People are pretty good about not revealing what the answers are. There's got, there's got to be at least one person who would share the answer. Google it, man. Plus this version, this version, nothing. yeah, <laughs> this version so just came it, out, and I made it not hidden, but yeah, nothing, nothing. Did you get the code right? Well, I just, Did you just type unhidden? No, I just took away visibility hidden. Can you change? Isn't that what's what's, what's the, the opposite, opposite of hidden? Man? Yeah. Mm, let's see if this gives it to me. That's show. Try Goes that. green, but. So I would have to go to the CSS. So visibility properties we're looking for. Yeah. Anyway, enjoy. It's going to drive you nuts. Actually, I already forgot about it. <laughs> I will figure this out after the show. Okay. So cool. uh, there was something else you wanted to talk about, Brandon. Uh, yeah, I was actually, man, it took me like an hour to read these two articles. I'm not sure if you guys have seen them. The first one was two days ago. And it was on BuzzSumo, written by Steve Rayson. And he talked about how the future is more content. And he talk, in the article, he talks a lot about Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon. And he also purchased the Washington Post, robots, and high-volume publishing. So we've been seeing a lot of articles. Well, so he gives these two questions, and I'll ask him. Uh, there's two scenarios here, or two views on content production. A... Content is about quality, not quantity. We should, we should be producing high-value, authoritative content regularly, not publishing lots of short posts. Less is more. And then the uh, view B is winning in digital media now, 
boils down to a simple equation. Figure out a way to produce the most content at the lowest cost possible. Which mentality do you guys lean towards? A or B? A. Paxson, I'm assuming A? Or are you going to be the rebel and go B? You know, He's I'm going to be 100% a. honest and say I was trying to figure out this SEO quiz and not listening. <laughs> uh, basically, can you, can you say that? Okay, so this is just a show with Brandon and I again. Okay. <laughs> Um, basically, uh, it's not about quantity of content. It's all about quality. So less is more or the mindset of no, less is not more. It's produce as much as possible for the least amount of money. Yeah, no, no. Best quality. Quality is better. So that's what he said. He said he originally agreed with that until recently and he was digging in and he uses the Washington post as wait, is he basing his conclusion off of results or off of, uh, Making the world a better place. Uh, data. So I doubt it's about making the world yeah. a better place. Yeah. It's all Me, about okay. traffic and revenue here. So here's a, a little trivia question. You guys might already know the answer. How many articles per day would you say the Washington Post publishes on their website per day? 260. 260 articles? Wow. Yeah. What do you say in Paxton? Um, maybe 150. Uh, 1,200 posts a day. Oh, my God. Really? Live. Dang, and I was trying to be all wow. like... <laughs> like gangsta and like maybe, <laughs> i'm like uh, i'm gonna go as, i'm gonna go really high to make brandon feel which stupid. is huge i mean I'm, I'm sure your typical local paper is not going to be doing anywhere near that but it's interesting because a lot of the, uh, these other sites buzzfeed new york times are uh, catching up and doing around that many a day as well but he talks about how the washington post they're publishing 1200 posts a day which is huge and his initial reaction was holy cow that's too much but their visitors have grown 28% and they've uh, over the last year and they've passed the New York Times uh, at the end of New York or at the end of 2015 in traffic and and then yeah he talks about how Jeff Bezos has kind of taken his ideology that he's used to grow Amazon which was a very long tail approach not just to content but to products and that's how Amazon really got its start You said washingtonpost.com Yes it's Huffington Post no, Washington Post. The right. Huffington Post was reported back in 2013 to be producing over 1,200 oh. articles a day. I said Huffington Post is my question? No, you said Washington, Washington Post. Post. This says Huffington Post. Oh, well, yeah, Huffington Post also posts a lot. The exact same amount? Uh-huh. All right, where's Washington Post? <laughs> um. Anyway, I'm going off oh, the Oh, it does, right? yeah, it says that too. I'm sure it's general. Uh, so the Washington Post numbers. is publishing the amount BuzzFeed published four years ago. But the Huffington Post now is publishing. Okay, no, this is now goes into BuzzFeed. Sorry, BuzzFeed has a lot as well. Over six thousand posts. It's this approach that Jeff, like ever since Jeff Bezos uh, purchased the uh, Washington Post, their views have gone up. It's done well, and it's a lot of people uh, contributed to his mindset that it's all about long tail content. So that's what they've, and actually a lot of the articles that you read on Washington Post aren't written by a human. They're, they use AI to write their articles. Uh, a lot of this last election coverage, those articles were written by a robot, and then an editor's quick goes over them, make sure everything looks good, and then they go live, which is how they're able to produce so much content is by these algorithms. One of the websites actually So article spinning. Yeah, basically, but it's actually like legit real 
content with like depth and whatnot. Okay, so what program are they using? Because um, I want in on. Well, that. they have their own. It's called. Uh, oh man, yeah, it's such a huge article. Um, it's like a, a bandito. I think it's what it's called. Is what they use. Yeah, bandito was a software they developed. Um, one that's a little bit more mainstream that anyone can use is called. Man, I had the page URL. builder. No. Oh, automatedinsights.com and actually gives you some examples. So that one just goes off data to where you can like highlight a stock like Apple Inc. And there's a data set and then it will show you what the article will look like. Very expensive right now, obviously, but this is going to get cheaper. So that's this whole thing is the, the, the approach that Washington Post is taking is more content equals more traffic. Then this morning on Moz, there was a, I guess you could call it a rebuttal from Ronald Smith. And he said that he disagrees. And his big thing was, yes, that works for media companies like BuzzFeed, Washington Post, Huffington Post, because their number one goal is traffic. And you know that's how they're making their money is off the ads. If you're selling a product, does all of that extra content actually equal ROI? And does that actually get people buying your product? And so that was his big thing there. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting how we're you're seeing well, what articles. about from an organic standpoint, right? So visits to a blog typically don't like if you are creating content that is based on keyword research for like what people are searching, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to convert them into buying your product, but they are contributing to your authority, right? So if you get tons of traffic and they share it or they uh, like it or, you know, w- link to it or whatever, that increases your organic, which then brings in the traffic that converts into customers. Yep. So, yes, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't directly contribute to sales, but indirectly it does. Um, so you're saying producing mass content, like at a high rate, will naturally lead to an increase in sales? Only if you're writing stuff that's relevant to your business. And the pages converting and whatnot. Which is true, but I think the big thing he was arguing was the cost. Like a company like Washington Post has floors of writers and editors and all mm. of these content writers. Whereas I think you'd agency... be surprised at how little they invest in all those articles. Well, yeah, not to say, I mean yes, there's a big cost, but I don't. I think that's actually the downfall of what's happening here is they're not investing a lot in things like checking sources, ensuring that what they're reporting is accurate. And uh, I think it's doing kind of a big disservice to readers, that lack of investment. And I think that's across the board. Anyone who's producing that amount of content, they're almost certainly not investing the resources needed to ensure the quality is up. Does it talk about cost of the automated insights platform? Um, not, uh, Not specifically, but that is a big part of both conversations. And the one thing to clarify is that like in this um, BuzzSumo article, this isn't to say that just because you produce more content, it's going to see an increase. The content still has to be quality, but it is easier for um, Huffington Post to produce 1,200 quality articles a day than it would be for a company like Vivint to produce 1,200 quality articles. Like their costs are going to be much lower than yours since that's all they're focusing on. And so I like, and this kind of goes in line with what Gary Vaynerchuk has been saying a lot is how, you know, every company is a media company, but he clarified it in every company, like you are a realtor, comma, media company. You are a home security company, comma, media company. And the article and the, and the big point in this Moz thing was that 
he used the example of uh, a coworker saying that she was going to go run a marathon. He's like, oh, you, have you done those before? She's like, nope, but I saw this article that in 17 weeks I can get trained. And so she's trying to do something that she's not already good at. And so that was his big warning is, yes, this is working for Washington Post, but your average company, if you just say, okay, we got to start investing in getting, you know, 500 articles a day in our blog, that doesn't mean that you're going to get ROI just because you're producing a bunch of yeah, content. My point is, I think he's defining ROI in direct sales, which is the wrong way to look at it in this instance, right? Well, even which if is, you, even if it's not direct sales, you could look at it as just the overall cost. Like, is revenue going up at a rate that is making that investment in all of our content? So, even though well, the I can't, aren't I, getting, I, can't, I can't make an argument at all without knowing cost. Yeah, and I have no idea what this costs, but. The I, I mean, you know your costs even just within your company, and you, would you say that because right now you guys are doing what three articles a day or something like that? Now we're down to a little more than one a day. Oh, so you're going the less is more <laughs> approach? No, they're not getting more quality. We just cut cost in that section. So, but we... for you, like if your <laughs> if your boss came to you and said, "Hey, I just read this article. We're doing twelve hundred a day. I don't care what the budget is, or I don't care how much it's going to cost to do this." In your head, would you see that cost, that increase, equal more sales for Vivint if you guys started doing 1,200 Again, articles it depends a day? on how much it costs. Like, there's well, a cost associated with, cost with the right one. Now. And based Whatever off, you're paying for that one article a day, multiply that by 1,200. No, that would not be worth it. But off. we're paying a lot for that one article, and I don't think that's a valid argument. In what way? Because, okay, let me give you some context. That one article that I'm publishing... We're not just paying for that. We're paying for uh, an entire platform that monitors. The, it's like a, its own anal- It's its own like content analytics that shows. Uh, it's also where we can manage each article, so we can see all the articles. It's connected to our WordPress, so that we can hit publish from this platform. It automatically publishes for us. We can schedule it. I mean, there's so many functions. Can you take the platform away from the cost? Mm-hmm. I probably, but not without. Like, not right now. I wouldn't be able to yeah. do that right now. Uh-huh. Uh, so when I say that, th- that's why I say it's not valid is we're spending a freaking boatload of money on each article. But that's not for the article. That's for we're also paying the company who owns the platform to do all our content ideation, planning, scheduling. I mean, there's there's a huge cost associated with each article. Whereas I could eliminate all that if I'm using some type of AI like Wordsmith. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I so I agree overall. Like, I I like the less is more approach. I mean, I guess the real answer is more quality content. Like to be honest, to be honest, I see it as almost both, right? Yeah, you need Where, a lot as long as it's good. Like that's going to be. It's like the work harder or work smarter. No, that's not what both. I was saying. <laughs> I was saying you need both. Meaning, while you're creating that really great piece of content and taking the time in the back, like, you know, if this is writing for us, then we're not doing anything. So in the backside, while this is working and creating content for us, we humans are spending our time building that really good quality good content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I mean by both. Not, oh, not, yeah, that makes uh, not a hybrid approach, and that's doing what, both individually. And then the BuzzSumo article, that's what he said that with Huffington Post, or sorry, with yeah, Washington that's what Post. They do. Yeah, they have like, like there's so well, like, yeah, many sports employees. articles. Well, they'll write big like exposés, like this is the piece they invest years and thousands of dollars in. And then they have a bunch of their garbage. 
So, yeah, the, but they're not calling it garbage. The writers well, and right. editors can focus on the human pieces, and then if you're wanting an, a, a recap of the trampoline event in the Olympics, their AI can write that with based off all the data. Sports scores. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking weather. of like the sports industry and how much of those articles are just recaps of like so-and-so threw this and had an amazing night. There's a lot of articles written by computers that are online right now. And many don't realize. Yep. But they're probably the ones that aren't performing really well. You know, it depends on what people but they want are, on the platform. Like, in the, again, you'll have to read this. It's a huge, I, I literally spent over an hour reading both articles. They're both just like huge. I guess performing is relative. It's because it's all about, yes, your men's trampoline article, which a lot of people aren't going to care about. There are going to be a thousand people who do. And so the, the whole thing is rather than have five articles a week that do really well, have a hundred or 5,000 articles that are all getting a little traffic and overall equals more traffic than yeah. those five good ones. I think ones. one of the downsides to that is that update that came out, uh, what was it, like four months ago, that hit the major publishers because there was a big advantage to having 500 articles all about many, many different keywords. And they would just happen to hit some keywords that were super low competition but happen to have some search volume. Um, and then the articles would be five, six, seven years old and yet, because no one had come along and built something better, they were still pulling in all that traffic. And they were just recently hit with a, a Google update that targeted publishers uh, that were ranking super old articles and things like that. Um, so they're not getting that traffic anymore. So, well, if there's, there's no one else who has come along to write about it, what are they? What's on the SERP if not the older articles? I mean, there's other stuff. There are just things less that relevant. There are things that aren't articles necessarily. Hmm. Landing pages. Uh, plus, with Google, with Rank Brain, Google is better able to tell. You know, maybe a, a, a certain article doesn't have that particular keyword in it, but Google understands that the person computers under, against is computers, for that. man. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that one of the big points he made in the Moz article was that this strategy of like more content equals more revenue or whatever it is really only works for brands that are already like big, like existing brands. They can get away with it. But if you're a small company and you start this approach, like just think about the promotion. Huffington Post, could, all they would have to do is post it on their Facebook page and they would get at least, you know, probably a, a few thousand visits from it. Whereas a small publication trying that, there's a lot of promotion that is involved in getting those articles out if your audience is super small. So the ROI is not going to be there for the smaller mm -hmm. companies, which is most of the companies because there's a lot of promotion behind it that these bigger companies don't have to always do they can just put it out there and people know so it was interesting well there you have it folks side question do you any either of you use buzz sumo no not anymore yeah there was a, a time at which i hear I, used all, it. I, I always hear about it i've i've always tried like okay everyone's talking about buzz sumo i gotta try it out and every time i try it out i'm just not impressed I don't, I don't see the point when there's like other tools that can do it for free or cheaper. Hmm. I don't know. Philosophically, I have some problems with it in that it only shows you what people like or what they have liked on social media shared. So the problem is people can't like something that hasn't existed yet. So I don't know. There's some, I'm not a big fan. Hmm. I got you. So Brian, last order of business, what should we name this episode? Hmm. So I actually thought about this today. I'm like, should I slip in a title? Computers versus computers. There we go.
Is that it? What were you thinking earlier? Well, then I was thinking, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have followed the Friends series and how they name their show. It's always the one where Joey does this or whatever it is. I'm like, we should have started naming our shows where it's like the one where Brandon didn't come up with a title. <laughs> the one where they talk about Stranger Things. So the, I, the hope was that I would not give you any suggestions and then you would be at home thinking, crap, Brandon didn't give me a suggestion. And then you'd be like the one where Brandon didn't give a title. But now we can't do that. I promise you I would not have done that. <laughs> that was just my little fantasy in the back of my head. So you, you, you like the idea of the one that... Well, we can't do it now because we didn't start that way. What if we start that in season three? Yeah, when is season three? Well, we got to come up with something because we're in the 20s now. Are we? Yep. Do awesome. We, I think we... uh, 25 episodes is our season. 25 episodes? So this episode is episode 23. Oh. All right. In I'm season ready. two. I'm ready for a refresh. Get another co-host maybe. Yeah. Cool. Well, we've got... A, we've got Three weeks. Was two Nate weeks. in season two at the beginning? Yeah, he was. Yep. He left early in season two, it seems. Okay, so computers versus computers or singular? Whatever. <laughs> or in Latin. <laughs> sure. All right. Let's if you have enjoyed up. this episode, please rate us on iTunes. It really helps a lot. If you want to reach out and suggest topic ideas or give us some questions you'd like us to answer over the episode, you can reach out on Twitter at BelowTheFoldIO. Brennan, have you fixed our website yet? No, we'll talk about it after. Okay. Uh, well, that's it. Until next week, we'll catch you below the fold. <laughs>